0: Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Tonic. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. So one of the features that can be really helpful with Onyx this time of year, well at least hopefully, is the share feature within the hunt app. So within Onyx Hunt app once you have a buck on the ground or or a deer or elk or whatever it might be at this time you can use this feature by marking the waypoint and now you know taking a photo of it laying there or or anything else that that is a a feature that you can easily recognize And share that with friends, family, say someone's coming in to help you out, come and pack out or drag it out, whatever it might be. You can share this waypoint with them at any time and they can find it very easily. So with the Onyx Hunt app, you can get 20% off on onyxmaps.com by using the coupon code EMW. Maven Optics. So, Maven has come out with the highest quality optics available at half the price of their competitors through the direct-to-consumer business model. And they just uh, released a pre-sale on their new RS-3 Rifle Scope. So, it features a 5 to 30 times magnification range, uh, machine turrets with toolless zero, a lockable zero stop, and just under 27 ounces, which makes it one of the lightest... 30-time magnification rifle scopes out on the the market available. So if you want to head over to mavenbuilt.com, check out their binos, spot and scopes, rifle scopes. If you use the code eastmeetswest-gift, you can get yourself a free gift with any full-price optics order. And lastly, the University of Elk Hunting. So Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have... Put together the most fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course available, and from beginners to even if you've been hunting elk for a lot of years, you can gain a ton of knowledge from this. This course has helped you know reduce the learning curve for me exponentially. And just uh, coming up here, November twelfth, Corey and the team over there, Elk One Hundred One, will be starting their YouTube series destination elk v2 it'll be on youtube november 12 so check that out to to learn some more stuff and if you go over to elk101.com you're interested in the online course use the coupon code east meets west and you'll save yourself 20 percent off the annual membership all right so i got got some good news with this one um you know it's sweet november now we're we're in the in the the rutting stages of the whitetail season here, and currently I will be in um will be in Pennsylvania, but I have Chris Derek uh, from Sick of Gear coming in to hunt with me here this whole week. So as this releases, we'll be hunting, and I. It was good luck by saying this during the elk podcast. Well, hopefully by this time, uh, you know we have one down on the ground already. So let's let's hope that that's the the same, you know, the same situation here with with the whitetails. But um well, some really good news is just recently. So as on November first, my dad ended up who was just on the podcast last week, literally just talked about his strategies, tactics. He put them together with this major cold front coming through and killed just an absolute awesome buck hunting one of the i want to feeder stream creek bottoms scrapes big community scrape came cruising down through after like a 35 degree temperature drop and um ended up shooting uh this deer it's a, a nice 11 point real heavy old buck thinking guess I'm around six years old say probably on the lighter side maybe five and could be even older yet I mean this thing was just a gray faced you know big body just heavy antlered uh, buck it was it was awesome so that was a good way to get some things kicked off here and it's uh it's looking to be good temperatures actually as I'm sitting here recording this it's snow flurries outside so oh man this week i'm I'm really excited for it so once i get this once i get this finished up here finished packing all my stuff and and we got a cabin rented we're gonna spend the week chris and i and and kind of get after it and show him a little bit about pennsylvania uh whitetail hunting and do some some more product testing for some stuff with sick gear and yeah that's about it i hope everyone else is is enjoying the the cold front that's pushing through here and and uh, getting on some mountain bucks and as always if you haven't any luck or any questions send me photos questions whatever it is uh love to check that stuff out it's always it's always cool to to be able to see all of that so and I just wanted to let everyone know if you did order if you are going to order anything on the website here within this next week it's going to take me a little bit to send it because I won't be home um, but I will we'll get all the apparel items shipped out as soon as I as soon as I get back from the trip here all right uh with that being said uh let's let's jump into the podcast here with a good buddy of mine who's been on here many times before Clint Casper all right we're live welcome back to another episode of the east meets west hunt podcast and i'm joined online once again reluctantly with my buddy clint casper what's up man
0: heavy on the reluctantly and you need to add mr to the front of that and heavy on that as well
1: with mr (laughs) muley freak is that what i'm supposed to call you now Uh,
0: i mean I ricocheted an arrow off of three rock ledges and hit him at 110 yards. I would say you should call me Mr. Luck, but we can call me Mr. Muley Freak if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Over the cornpile. What's up, my man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't forget the trophy rock in the center.
1: <laughs> you packed in trophy rock to 12,000 feet. All right, all right. We're done. We're done. We're let's get on. Let's get on <laughs> task here because I know how this is going to go, and it's not going to be good so no
0: well, i mean it's, it's it's been uh it's been a little while but we both um i mean we talk basically daily but it's been a while since we jumped on the podcast <laughs> yeah. together so pumped pumped to be back on um freaking gotta congratulate you man on the air um I, I even though i will say i was one of the blessed individuals to know basically in the moment i got the garmin in reach um big bull down from you. Um, so I was pumped that I was one of the lucky ones to know, like in real time as it was happening, as you were with my mule deer. Yep. So got it. Got to congratulate you live on the air. Um, super pumped for you, dude, on the elk. I mean, everybody knew we were both on, on our, our own little four year quest for me with muleys and you with elk. And, uh, yeah, I it was just a lot of fun to share that kind of like in real time with you. I got my, my buck killed. And then, you know, days later, you know, you go out and end up getting your bull killed and, well, I guess it was like a week and a half later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it was just really cool to be able to kind of live that four year, (laughs) um, quest with you because we both had our ups and downs. You know, we, we, we both (laughs) have questioned our sanity. We've both, um, talked about selling all of our stuff and throwing the towel in. Yep.
1: We almost picked up a new hobby of drinking heavily, (laughs) and like yeah we, that's what we we're I mean, about at we we're at that point
0: i mean Bushlight was ready to to sign us both up for the world pong championships and let us be their their main two-team player but we decided we better give it one more year four years in the making um uh, so yeah i know man super super pumped and uh was really proud of you to see you get that done i, I know you battled target panic hard this summer and i've been there and uh was was just really really pumped for you, man. I, I know you worked super hard all summer getting through that and and beating that and uh, flat out that's a son of a bitch to get through. I've been there, and uh, yeah, man, it was just awesome to, to see you come back from that this summer and gain your confidence back and then go out there and stick a good bull um, and make you know make a really good shot that that you knew once it broke was a good one. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> I, just to let just to let everybody know this is going to be a whitetail heavy. Rut podcast, but I promise you right now on air, I'm going to say it. Bo and I will do an entire podcast coming up, probably like uh, what do you think, like winter time, like mid winter or something.
1: Well, what's going to happen is uh, I'm I'm going to you know call you out right here is I'm going to come out and I'm going to hunt with you late season.
0: Absolutely, and that's a must. Yeah,
1: and then we're going to record it then and we'll we'll get that out the whole mealy story. It's just not the right time of the year right now as much as I want to talk about that story cuz that is absolutely epic. We're going to hold off on that. But I want to step back a second and when you and thank you first of all for, you know, congratulate me on the bull, but it was funny cuz with Garmin reaches you can kind of stay connected. Like you're not as connected as you are with a cell phone, oh, yeah. but yeah. Right. I'm glad one I got the unlimited plan cuz I think I had 72 text messages from Clint and I, I texted you that morning and i was like when i saw the first big bull and you're you're just like flipping out so excited for oh, me yeah. at home like i could yep, feel it yep. like i'm like i got to get this done i got to make clint proud and when i shot <laughs> you know i texted i texted my dad as the first one then
0: mm-hmm.
1: i texted you and uh, my buddy michael right about simultaneously cuz michael was was uh there, you know, in, in a different spot yep. hunting. And I texted you and yep. it was like instantly I got like four in reach messages coming in like with every swear word you could possibly imagine, all capital letters.
0: Oh, dude, I was so <laughs> pumped. I was so pumped. I was so jacked, man. God, I was so pumped for you.
1: Yeah. And that, that was the same way when you called me. Um, you texted me first from, I think from your in reach, yep. if I remember right. And then yep. you called yep. me on your way yep. out when, I'm again, I'm not going to go into the story, but it was epic. You and I had, we <laughs> talked about it on the podcast right before we both went out. We released that last one right before you left. And it was that week before you got it done and I got it done. It was a a, a long journey for the both of us, but Hey, we're too dumb to quit. It seems like with, everything we do we we have a lot of uh talks off air and you and i are a very similar person which is scary <laughs> uh, it, is, it,
0: is, it is it is very scary and it was it was fun it was really fun to share like in the excitement like like when i killed my buck i was so pumped to like let you know that i got it done because like we feed off one another i mean we both <clears throat> a lot of people probably know this but for those who don't Um, we both, um, you know, write a lot, especially for, for Peterson's bow hunting. Um, you know, obviously you've got the podcast and and I, and I do a lot of podcasts with people, you know, we, we both do the blog stuff. We're both kind of, you know, in the, in the ambassador programs for a lot of similar companies. I mean, we feed off one another, um. When one's down, the other one picks the other one up when when one's succeeding the other one's jacked, and it makes them work even harder and it's 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 just it's fun it's been fun to be able to share the passion and be able to feed off of off of you know each other throughout the last like say year and a half two years that that we've been good buddies and uh you know it was it was really cool to be able to like I was on the killing end and got to be the one texted you and then like a week and a half later I'm on pins and needles waiting for the message to come through from you. And then it does. So, I mean, like it was just really cool for us to both be on both ends of the spectrum, like within like two weeks, like, you know, one guy's the shooter, the other guy's sitting there waiting for it to happen. And then it like, the it, it was like role reversal. So, you know, it's just, it, it's cool to be able to like share that stuff with, with a guy that, um, understands how much you've got put into this and, and understands, you know, like we've both been through our own struggles with, with target panic and and, and trying to get it done and just different things that we've both experienced. And it's it's fun to be able to lean on each other and kind of like celebrate secretly with one another. Like, you know, like when I've got a victory, it's a victory for you. When you got a victory, it's a victory for me. When you're down, I'm, I'm there to pick you up. So it's just, it's just, it's cool to be able to experience that and have that connection. Um, Cause I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of people, you know, would, would say like, ah, you know, Clint's a psycho when it comes to bow hunting, no one's going to understand him or, or, or Bo's a psycho when it comes to bow hunting. (laughs) But, but like we, we, we together understand each other because we're both psychotic (laughs) about this shit. So (laughs) like, it's like, I'm happy to not be alone. You know what I mean? Like I'm a psycho with you. So it's cool like that. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely going to get a podcast out talking about, um, the elk hunt, the muley hunt, just kind of what we've both been through. So I, I promise everybody listening, we will get that out. Cause I know a lot of people, um, we following, you know, a lot of people follow both Bo and I, and a lot of people have reached out that they were pumped to see we both scored and we were both kind of on the same quest, just different species and the same journey. So I promise we will get that out. Um, and we'll talk about both hunts and, and just kind of go through, you know, kind of both of our stories and, and bounce stuff, you know, back and forth between one another and, and it'll be, it'll be a good one. But, uh, well, we're going to get into white tail rut heavy on this one though. I yeah. That's what Bo tells me he, uh, he wants. So that's what he's going to get.
1: I mean, now that everyone knows about our bromance, we, we might as yeah. well go into yeah. talking about the rut where we're talking about females here and, and, and male interaction. So,
0: <laughs> ah, gotcha. you know what gotcha. I'm saying?
1: Are, are you familiar with the yeah. rut or No.
0: I mean, I don't typically hunt the rut much. It's just really not my game. But, I mean, I have a few ideas and philosophies on things I think might work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You <do. laughs> as you just got done telling me, you're ready to start pulling all day sits for the next like 30 days, so yeah.
0: God, I really hope it doesn't take that long, please don't put that bad juju on me right off the rip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you'll get it done early, I know, it. you could have been done by now, but we won't go there either, because I gave you, uh, gave you some, here we, some I shit. I know,
0: you've been on me, just for a quick reference, I let a, I let a good buck walk. Twice in October, early October, and I'm not gonna lie. I sent I sent Bo the pictures, and he basically ripped my head off, spit down my throat, put my head back on, and then punched me three times. But <laughs> we're, we're we're just gonna leave it at that, okay? Yeah. If Kristen Berg's to, If Kristen Berg's listening to this right now, our boss at Peterson's Bow Hunting, the main editor, I'm sorry. I'm because I'm sure you're rolling your eyes and you're gonna be mad at me too. But I promise I'm
1: going to get one killed. It'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clint Wall, it is sweet November. And yeah. at the time ta- we're recording this right before I go on a trip here and you're about to get into it real heavy. It's actually Halloween as we're recording this, but you know, what what's it looking like for Clint Casper coming into the Ohio whitetail rut?
0: Well, to be completely honest, we got about two inches of rain today. The temperatures dropped from 68 degrees to about 35 right now. So with this front coming through, um, anyone that follows me or hears me talk or reads any of my stuff knows I'm a huge moon freak. The red moon is literally like now. So I really think this weekend is going to be absolutely on fire. I'm super jacked to hunt the next couple of days all day. Going to go back to work for a few days next week. My birthday's Wednesday. Probably starting on Thursday. Going to go back into all day sits again for what could be the next week. Um, uh, being realistic, by now I've usually got a giant that I've got pegged or pinned down to where I'm. I'm pretty much hunting one buck, honestly being totally real this year. I don't have that. Um, I let a solid, probably five-year-old mid one forties buck walk twice in October, once on the third and once on, I believe it was like the 12th. Um, just at, I'll be honest. He just, just didn't trip my trigger. You know, it just, it just wasn't the, um, wasn't the buck for me. Thought he was going to be bigger than what he was. I'm hoping he makes it and blows up into, uh, just an absolute giant as a six-year-old next year is kind of is that's kind of the ball that i'm rolling um so right now for me my main plan in the rut which i'll be honest typically i hate november i mean i love november but i hate november and here's why usually by now i have a a buck that i'm hunting uh i'm i'm a big uh I'm a big single deer junkie to where like, I like to follow a buck and only hunt that one deer. Uh, it's just a game that I've got into the last five or six years. Uh, I've kind of got addicted to the one buck game. Um, it's just, it's like the ultimate chess match for me. And I just have fallen in love with that. So I'm kind of excited this year in a way, cause I don't have that. So basically I'm going into the rut with open mind of if a buck comes in and my immediate reaction is, oh, shit, that's a shooter? Grab the bow and let's get it done. Like, like I'm not going to – most years in November, it's kind of like hit or miss for me. Like, I love the rut, but I hate it because in the rut, I can't really go off of patterns. I can't really go off of what I think my big buck's going to do or what he's been doing because it's so sporadic. So typically, I like early and late season, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, when do you – particularly want to hunt your your buck for the year i'm going to tell you early or late because i love to hunt patterns i love to figure out what they're doing why they're doing it and then go in and kill them the rut as everybody knows um it's the power of the does i mean they dictate what's going to happen but this year clint doesn't have a buck pinned up
1: (laughs) i I, don't have
0: anything tied up so this year it's kind of a free for all. And I honestly I'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, is that something that kinda almost puts takes a little bit of weight off your shoulders and makes it yeah, I don't want to say fun again, but like you know what I mean, just something yeah just no, different. It does.
0: It does. Honestly, it's it's been fun to bounce around from farm to farm. I've hunted some public. Um, I've been bouncing around, just 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 kind of trying to stumble into something and been seeing a lot of bucks, seeing a lot of deer, um, man, there's been just some absolute giants killed right here close to home. Tonight I filmed, I'm, I'm, the video is not that great, but tonight I went out and checked some cameras. It was super wet, super windy, didn't hunt, opted to go check a few cameras. And tonight actually I was just telling Bo I got footage of a 200 inch gross all day, five miles from my house, chasing this doe up across this hayfield. And, um, I mean, there's been some hogs shot in my county in the last week. I mean, I know of a two hundred eight gross, I know of a one ninety one, I know of a one hundred seventy eight, and I know of a straight eight that goes one fifty six, um, that's all been killed in the last five or six days, like within twenty miles from my house. So I mean, there's been just some toads getting killed. So now's the time. So I mean, yeah, no, you're right though. Like I'm excited to kind of have an open board. Um I don't really have like a hit list. There's not really like a specific buck. I'm just kind of out there basically going to roll the dice. And when a giant hopefully comes through that, I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah. That's a big buck. Grab my bow and it's freaking time to go. So that's, that's kind of how I'm going to roll with this rut is, um, I'm not just hunting a specific buck. I'm just going to roll with it and hope that I'm in the right place, right time. And a giant walks by that, Who knows, might have lived five miles off the property I'm hunting, but right now he's there and, you know, it's time to freaking kill him. So that's kind of where I'm at right now as far as um, specific bucks or my game plan goes. I'm just out there kind of hanging in trees, waiting on a giant to walk by that I don't even know exists right now, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and I mean like, and I don't want to go into like real serious detail on the uh, rut strategies and stuff because you and I know that stuff's been so over you know talked and publicized and stuff. But I yep. do want to hear a little yep. bit about kind of what your setups look like for this time of year.
0: Yep. So for me, um, I try to break my my rut into like phases. And I mean, obviously everyone knows, you know, you've got your, your, your pre-rut, which is, uh, you know, pretty much right now. And then, and then about to transition here real quick into, you know, your actual rut, and then you've got breeding going on and then you've got post-rut. And I try to take those phases and break them down even further. So like for me right now, this time of the year, when you've got that really good pre-rut activity going on, I mean, I've been combining corn and beans for most of this week. And I've actually been doing more of that with my dad than I have hunting, but I've seen a ton of bucks chasing does that want in does want nothing to do with them. They're out searching, they're out seeking. So like this time of the year, that pre rut deal, I'm breaking that down into if, if I'm going to hunt mornings, I'm trying to get back in transition areas where does are funneling through. Hopefully bucks are funneling in, checking them out in the evenings. I want to be on food sources or once again, transition zones, heading to feed, trying to catch those bucks coming. Cause I mean, right now the bucks are trying to find that first hot doe. I mean, that's, you know, right now is a great time to catch a giant on his feet because he hasn't bred in literally since, last year in December, maybe January, if he had some fawn come in heat or something. But realistically, I mean, he's been nine, 10 months of, of nothing. So, you know, th- they're on the move. I mean, I like being in spots where I can see a long ways. Um, maybe I don't kill that night, but I can just see what's going on and, and try to figure stuff out from there. I mean, right now, I think there's still some patterns that can actually be kind of solved once you get into the rut you kind of throw patterns out the door because I mean, realistically the does are still going to do stuff from day to day, but buck wise, I mean, it's hard to really distinguish what they're going to do. So starting like say like tomorrow and into the weekend when based off what I've seen, I've seen a lot of chasing, I've seen a lot of seeking. I'm going to start jumping into funnels. I'm going to start jumping into pinch points, saddles, spots that bucks are easily able to go from point A to point B. And that's where I'm going to spend the majority of my time in November um close to bedding areas are good a lot of people always ask me why do you typically like funnels over actually hunting right over doe bedding areas and my main reason for that is because if those does aren't in heat honestly bucks can skirt you never come in and they can smell whether those does are in heat or not so i mean just hunting over one doe bedding area that spot might be like super hot for four or five days when those does are in heat. But once that's over with, it's like, then you're just getting skirted. So I, I honestly put a lot of my marbles into the pinch points and the funnels that force deer to go through and give you opportunities no matter what's going on. Um, and then even like into like post rut, you know, your are you feeding starts picking up again that the bucks have lost so much weight. Uh, they're back into, you know, food routines and, and trying to find those on feed. So that's kind of like the phases of like how I break it down and kind of like what I do. But realistically, I mean, honestly, Bo, if you're going to hold a gun to my head, you need to be in a tree as many hours as you possibly can in this month. I don't care if it's in a funnel, in a doe bedding area, on a food plot, whatever, being in a tree right now, you could have a buck walk by at any second in any place anywhere. yeah, And that's kind of like the magic, but yet the black death of the rut is you honestly just don't know. So for me, I try to put myself in spots where I can see a lot and spots that funnel deer down. Cause I feel like that's my best, or I should say that's my highest percentage play is to be in those spots. Cause if deer do come through there, it's funneled down past me. So that, that's kind of where I put a lot of my eggs, uh, in the basket during the rut, um, is just basically trying to catch bucks traveling from one patch of timber to another, whether it's a fence row, it's a funnel, it's an inside corner, it's a saddle, whatever. Um, I know like over where you're at the, the beaver ponds and beaver dams, that's, that's a, that's a huge funnel and, and something that I know you key in on a lot. Um, you know, that, that kind of structure, um, and topography is basically where I'm putting my money in November. And I know you kind of have sort yeah. of the same philosophy as well.
1: I, yeah. I was just going to say like, it it doesn't matter whether it's farm country or big woods, the same concepts apply. Like for me. All right. So we're talking about, uh, you know, you're talking about food source. are talking about dough bedding. You're talking about funnels yeah. for me. Like, you know, and, in the, the big woods where you get a little bit you know, more terrain and stuff like that, I'm looking for those terrain funnels, say, at the top of a draw or a saddle. Yep. And maybe what, what could be good is when if there's a clear cut on the top of that, if it's older and thicker, it might provide some bedding. Or otherwise, if it's newer, it's more of a food source. And if I can put myself on the downwind side of that, those bucks are going to cruise that funnel area to check that you know, p- potential bedding area or food source. Plus, it's a travel yep. route. And you're kind of killing two yep. birds with one stone, and you know, but like you said, it's like with the rut it's it's all about putting time in the tree, you know like for me in the last yep. few years, it's taken me a lot of days to kill uh you know a buck that I was hoping to shoot like i i I'm not gonna sit there and say I can go out on day one and kill one it's it for me, it comes down to just persistence and putting A ridiculous amount of time to the point where my head just isn't on right anymore. And I'm second guessing my whole life, but you know, that's what it takes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I, I I totally get that, man. I mean, there's been years where I've had to, to, I can remember uh, a couple years ago, I hunted this, this one buck that I ended up killing on the 19th of November. And at that point, I had hunted 15 days dark till dark and my, my buddies around town were making the joke. They're like Clint's feet have not touched the ground in the month of November during daylight, except for three days because he literally hangs in a tree dark till dark. And so I would like go down to have a drink at the bar or I'd, I'd stop in to get something to eat or I'd be around town and, 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 and people were asking me about this. They're like, they're like, H- how do you hang in a tree 25 feet for like better than 50% of the month of November? Like, how is that even fun to you? And I'm like, well, it's not fucking fun. It's not fun at all. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, like, like, be totally honest, it's not fun one ounce. It's just I'm a psychopath and I know that that's what I have to do in order to reach my goal of tagging out in the month of November. I mean, you know, like I'm not going to beat around the bush with anybody. Um, I have done more I have done more all-day sits in my life that I have absolutely hated myself for and dreaded, but but when it all comes together, um, you wouldn't trade them for the world. And I think a key feature to being successful in the rut and something that needs to be talked about is the, the mental mindset of getting yourself ready for rut hunting because rut hunting is different. Um, in early season, for example, I can go out and basically hunt anywhere whether it's a field edge, uh, maybe it's a good transition zone from bed to feed, maybe it's a food plot, whatever, you're going to go out in the evening. You're going to sit two or three hours. You're going to see some deer more times than not. You're going to have some action, and then you're going to go home. And then the next day you're going to go to work, and maybe you go do it again. Um, Late season, same thing. It's cold as shit. You go out, you hunt for two hours, you see a bunch of deer, there's snow, it's cold. Then you go in, you get warmed up, you go back to work. And the rut, that's a different story for me. It's a different story for you. I know day in and day out what I've got ahead of me. 12 or 13 hours of sitting in a tree, swaying around, literally contemplating whether I should unattach my harness and jump or not. (laughs) Because literally you're so tired of sitting there, staring off into the abyss, but you know that you can't leave because the second you do leave, a 160 mainframe five by five with split brow tines is going to walk by and take a piss 20 yards from where you just were and look up and be like, oh, you're not there today. That's cool. And, and waddle his big old ass right over to the scrape that you were sitting over and, and, and hang out there for 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> so yep.
0: you force, so you force yourself to do it. So, like for me, I think that the trick to the rut is honestly tricking yourself into making it fun and and like keeping the mindset of at any moment on any day during any time frame in that three to four week span of like the prime rut, you have to remember the buck of your dreams could walk by. I mean, literally, any second that could happen. And I think I think where people fault themselves during November is they, they let themselves get in a quote-unquote, no pun intended, but we put ourselves in a rut during the rut, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, a hundred percent makes sense. And I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We all get into that at some point or another. It's just whether you're able to overcome it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like a couple prime examples that I've done myself, I know you've done, my buddies have done, you hunt the same stand for two weeks because it was hot seven days ago. Um, You don't hunt all day because you didn't see deer from 9 to 11, so you got down. Um, Your farm hasn't been hot for a week, but you decide you're going to stay there because it's in your head it's going to get hot again. These are all examples of huge mistakes because I'm going to tell you right now from experience. When a farm is hot, it's going to be hot for a couple days, and then it's going to go cold as hell. And the reason why is because the majority of the does were just in heat there. Now they're not. And guess what? All the surrounding bucks know that. At that point in time, for me, my game plan, when the iron is hot, I'm going to hunt it. The minute the iron gets cold, I'm out. I, over the years, I've made the mistake of hunting a farm, waiting for it to get hot again, waiting for A giant to come through again, waiting for this to happen again. And basically all I do is I've, I've spun my wheels. Like when I started being super mobile in November and basically bouncing around from public to public farm to farm until I found one that was hot. And when it's hot, I hunt it. When it got cold, I left. When I started doing that is when I started notching tags consistently in November, because I've said it before, and I'll say it again. In early season and late season, you might watch a buck do something once or twice. You better be there the second or third time he does it. In November, you might see a buck do one thing one day, and that deer could literally be seven miles from you the next day. So when you, come, when you stumble across a farm that's hot, you better freaking hunt that farm right now because there's probably does in heat, There's going to be bucks there. It's going to be hot for a couple days, but the minute that it goes cold, dude, it could be 21 days till another dose cycles back in. I mean, literally now, now you're into December. So for me, when I broke out of that quote unquote, getting in a rut during the rut mode and started bouncing around and trying to hunt the hottest farm that I could find, that's when I started having a lot of success. And honestly, mentally it's the best thing you can do because i mean i'm not gonna lie there's been years where i've literally sat on a single farm and hunted dark till dark 10 12 13 14 15 days i mean over half the month i could have told you how many maple trees were in every woodlot How many oak leaves are on the ground? How many red squirrels versus black squirrel? How many coyotes live there? I mean, (laughs) my mind mentally, I mean, excuse my French, I was a fucking wreck because I literally did not want to leave because I thought you got to stay, you got to stay, you got to stay. But realistically, that bit me in the ass because there were other farms and other opportunities where they were hot And I wasn't there because I was sitting there hoping and praying that I would see a pattern from a buck as a repeat offender in the month of November. Well, let me tell you something. It's pretty hard to force an 18-year-old male who's single, who's out looking for women. You tell me how hard of a pattern it will be to try to figure him out. Now flip that over to deer. You're trying to figure out a pattern on a buck that's got one thing on his mind in November. Good luck trying to pattern that deer. So if you are hunting a specific buck like I do a lot, don't be afraid to bounce around. If you've got neighboring farms or you've got neighboring pieces of public, bounce around. Make your moves. I mean, don't be afraid to jump around and try to figure out what's happening or what's going on because – chances are your, your odds are honestly better in November doing that than just by sitting there hoping and praying he circles back and comes back again three days later. Because chances are, as you and I both know from experience, the hard way, that doesn't happen very often in November.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, you're, you're 100% right. And that's why, like, I, I don't know about you, but like when it gets to this month, I don't really rely on cameras a whole lot. You know, like I only check them if I'm hunting that spot and I'm there like, you know, when it comes into late October, stuff like that, it's a little bit more important, you know, it's starting to see maybe a spot's getting hot, but if I'm hunting, you know, a single deer, that really means nothing. And, you know,
0: I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do like to do with cameras, um, in November and over the years. I'll be honest, a lot of years I used to pull my cameras and I used to basically put them away for the month because I always viewed cameras as kind of a double-edged sword during the rut. And here's why. Okay, you're hunting this buck. Let's say you got a camera on a scrape. He hits this scrape at two o'clock. So now in my head, in the past, I would say, okay, he was here, he was there. He was on this scrape. He was checking it. He hit it. I need to hunt here. Hopefully he will come back. This is a vital mistake that I was making. And here's my philosophy for why, in my opinion, this was a mistake. I particularly don't think in these scenarios, when these bucks come and check these scrapes, especially when it's, when it's, it's uh, like a, a super late nighttime photo like that. He was making his rounds, checking stuff out, figuring out whether there were does and heat there, seeing w- what bucks, what does had been there. I get all that. But if there's nothing there that tripped his trigger, by the next morning at 6 o'clock when you're maybe quote unquote there hunting him again, he could be miles away. So playing that camera game is scary in November because it could lead you to basically hunting a ghost that's not going to be around. Now, what I have started to kind of migrate towards doing, and especially with cell cameras, this, this is really helpful. I now focus my attention off of scrapes and stuff like that and and i'm looking for pinch points and funnels saddles stuff like that and what i do is i set these cameras up and the minute that they start to go crazy let's say it's a saddle bucks are coming off fields up over the back side of the saddle down over the other side into bedding when that camera starts to light up i don't give a shit whether it's daylight or dark when that camera starts to light up with buck activity, that is tipping me off telling me there's a rhyme and a reason why they're doing what they're doing now. They're using that quote-unquote natural funnel because there's either a doze in heat or it's, it's a point of interest to get them from spot A to spot B. In my opinion, your odds and chances are better there on say like rub lines or scrapes because those deer are are, are using that for a reason to travel the scrapes are being hit for a reason obviously too but if a buck comes and hits that scrape and there's realistically nothing there that's piquing his interest he might not be back to that scrape for seven or eight days but when these funnels start to light up and and multiple different deer and bucks are using them, that's telling me that there's some type of reason why this is happening. I'm immediately going to jump in that spot. I mean, right now when it's hot, I'm getting in there. I I mean, that's just, that's, so I do, I, I have started to play the camera game a little more in November than what I used to, but I'm using a different strategy. I'm trying to figure out, when are these pinch points and these funnels that I like to sit in, when are they peaking for deer movement and activity? Once I see that happening, I'm jumping in them right now, right away. Um, I've kind of backed off. I used to like really, really kind of look at the scrapes and the scrape activity, uh, rub lines, stuff like that. But it's, it's hard to really dictate what's going to happen off of that because like I said, I mean, a buck might come hit a scrape, No doe has been there that's in heat. He doesn't really, like, you don't know whether he sees or smells something that he wants to come back to or not. I mean, you you can't tell by the picture, oh, yeah, he's going to be back. I mean, he might not come back the rest of the year, or he might be back in seven days. Like, you don't know. So I've migrated into, like, those natural funnel areas, and when they start lighting up, in my head it's telling me there's a rhyme and a reason, so I need to be there to see what's going on. And I mean, like last year, prime example, I'll be honest, got my ass kicked all October, was hunting one specific buck, could not catch up to him, was was barely getting pictures of him, couldn't figure him out on the sev- on the uh, 5th of November, hung the stand on the lee wind side of a, of a saddle, got in there the day after my birthday, November 7th, right after work, 25 minutes later, shot that buck as he come up over the saddle and was heading into this deep draw. And I was right there in that natural funnel. And I mean, had I not basically rolled the dice and, and went into a spot that looked like a lot of deer would be traveling and searching and seeking, I had a camera there. It was showing me a lot of deer were moving through there. I did not have pictures of the buck I killed, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of bucks are using this. They're using it for a reason. I need to get over there. First night in, dude, 176-inch buck. I mean, that I mean that was a buck I was hunting. Shot him at 22 yards. And I mean, like, it for me, that has been a huge key to what I've been doing when it comes to trail cameras. Because I'll be honest, I used to honestly turn my cameras off and not even focus on them at all. But I've honestly kind of migrated kind of back to using them in the rut but it's just a different way of using them.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And the the one thing that I've noticed with trail cameras, so like I, I'll like I I do move them a little bit to some of these travel routes, you know, during yep. during the rut, yep. and I always I always build a mock scrape if there's not one there, just for a reason for them to stop. And but but what I've noticed is, you you can't. At the same time, like oh, I, I'm a hundred percent on the agreeance with you about when they're hot, you need to hunt it right now because oh, areas yeah. get hot. I just know even be, even like before I had so many trail cameras when I'd be texting like my family members, all of a sudden, you know, they would text, "All oh, bucks are moving and their areas going absolute nuts," and I'm not seeing a damn thing, you know, and yep. it was just. Yep the way that it was, but then one other thing I did realize was, you know, they don't, once it gets into that, when they're really seeking and, and chasing and doing the whole, whole bit, you know, of the rut, they're not going to hit those scrapes like they normally do. They'll be in the area, you know, There, I hunted this one stand with my camera in front of me on the scrape. I saw seven different bucks by 2 PM and not one of them went in front of my camera you know, (laughs) so it's, it's like you said, it's, it's a double-edged sword. There's definitely a way of using them. You just, I, I just don't rely on them super heavily during that, but I I like your, I do like uh, your idea of that with how you're using them to find what's hot and cell cams are a big help to that. You know, I'm running my first cell cam this year. Finally have one spot that has enough service to run it. And, uh, I have a, the Exodus render out and like today at work, I'm sitting there, it's pouring down rain, 1030 in the morning, buck cruising through and he was not. So like in the last week, the bucks were stopping, hitting the scrape, rubbing their tarsals on the branch, licking it, pissing in it. This one was a, th- I have always put him on three shot burst. I got the head, I got the body and I got the ass. He's just moving, yep. you know, he crossed yep. through there cause the doe is bed close, but it was just, it, it's funny to, to watch how they change.
0: Well, you know, I'll, you know, something else to add to that, you know, after being out there with you this spring and seeing a lot of the spots, you know, that you hunt and scouting some stuff and shed hunting some stuff with you, you know, there's, uh, there's so many um, overlooked funnels and just pinch points and, and different features in those big woods that you hunt. That's different from like what I hunt, but it's also similar because it's, it's spots that there might not be a ton of scrapes or rubs or even trails, but it's the quickest distance from point A to point B. And I tell people that all the time, that if you take me to a farm or a piece of public or or whatever in the rut. And you tell me, I'm only going to let you see a topo map. Now, find deer, put me on deer. The first thing I'm going to look for and look at is going to be natural funnels. And I will guarantee you sooner or later, one of those, I'm going to jump in to a shitload of deer movement. It's guaranteed. I don't even need to step foot on your place. Yeah. Because those are spots that I don't care if it's farm country, public swamp, big woods like you're in, mountain bucks in Idaho, whatever. Deer and animals are, are, are creatures of habit. They're creatures of path of least resistance. I don't care if it's a fox, a coyote, or a 160-inch buck they like to use the path of least resistance and saddles and funnels and pinch points and all that kind of shit. That is all stuff that they're going to use because it makes sense to them to use it. So, you know, I live and die by that in the rut, but to kind of spin, um, I guess the direction of this podcast just a a little bit is something that I think needs talked about. And and I know you and I both have, have talked about this before, We talk about, you got to hunt the rut. You got to hunt November. You got to be in a tree as much as possible. Okay. There's a lot of people though that struggle with being able to sit more than the typical two to three hours. Cause let's be honest, most people, your morning hunt two, three hours, your evening hunt two, three hours, that's your day. Maybe you only evening hunt for two or three hours. Maybe you only can hunt a morning it's hard to transition into hunting all day or most of the day. But I think there's things you can do to trick your mind and yourself into staying out all day that in my opinion are more important than any camera. um, Any, any other factor that goes into rut hunting because you have to be out there to get a buck tag filled. And for me, like I mean, and this sounds almost psychotic, but we've talked about this before. Like I play little mind games with myself when I'm hunting all day. And honestly, one of the biggest ones is it's almost like I'm a freaking dog and I'm like going to get rewarded. But every couple hours I like let myself have like a a snack or like I eat something or I drink coffee or whatever. So like, let's say I get in in the morning at eight o'clock snack, 10 o'clock, snack, 12 o'clock, every couple hours, I'm like, it, it's almost like it's like a little reward for sitting there. And as stupid and crazy as that sounds, honestly, it takes your mind and it makes you think like, okay, in 45 minutes, i make it 45 more minutes. I get to have my sandwich or I get to have string cheese or I get to <laughs> have another cup of coffee or, and like, it sounds nuts. Like it sounds crazy that you're rewarding yourself for sitting there staring off into the abyss, but like, I honestly don't think enough people actually talk about the mental aspect of hunting the rut and what it takes to literally sit there and hang on your ass all day. And I know there's a lot of Western guys that are like, oh, that's easy. It's not hard. I'm going to tell you right now, it's freaking hard. It is, it is mentally as challenging as it gets to sit there on a 20 inch by 24 inch platform swinging 25 feet up in a tree all day long. I mean, we've both done it hundreds of times there. I mean, there's a lot of that percentage of that time. And I'm sure you'll agree with this statement. It's not fun. And you better trick yourself into making it fun or trick (laughs) yourself into, to making yourself stay, or you're not going to hang there very long for all day sits. And in November, the more time you get in, the better you are
1: yeah, no i that's that's a hundred percent right I mean you <laughs> to to get yourself through those long sits it's just you you gotta have those little games in in your head, whether like that's the, the rewarding like i mean it, the reason why I think the food thing works for you is you're similar to a dog, you know when you give you food you give a reward you know they get happy and that's kind of how you operate so i understand that right
0: (laughs) absolutely dude like like in in my head i'm thinking okay it's nine o'clock i go another hour i get to have a little snack so i get to like in my head it's it's almost like a half ass. like i get to like relax and get my string cheese or my crackers or a cup of coffee or whatever it is but it's it like, like it gives you something to like be excited about. Like something's coming that you're able to like, ah, another 30 minutes. I can have some fruit snacks or, you know what a pop tart or whatever the hell it is. But like, if you can play little mind games with yourself, you know, like sometimes I'll bring like books and every other hour I'll read a chapter. So like, it gives me something to like kind of half ass look forward to, or Maybe it's a game on my phone I'll download and and every other hour I, I try to like beat another level or, or whatever. But like, if you can mentally trick yourself into staying busy and having something to look forward to, the day goes by a lot quicker. And that entails you to stay more focused and kind of like stay in the game more because you're not just sitting there staring off into space thinking I should be at work. I could be with the wife. I could be with the kids. I could be at the bar watching the football game. Like, if you keep your mind busy and you're looking forward to something, you're not just sitting there, like, dreading what's coming. And and I think in the rut, a lot of times guys get themselves in a mode where nothing's happening, nothing's going on, I shouldn't be here, I should be doing something else. Like, listen, we all need to take a step back and realize the rut only happens once a year. Like, freaking enjoy it. I mean, at any moment in time, the buck of your dreams can walk by. So, it's it's if you can trick yourself into like you know these little rewards for yourself. I really think that has played a huge factor in me being able to do the all day sits and being able to keep myself in a tree, which gives me the opportunity to fill a buck tag. Because let's be honest, if you're at the house watching the the Ohio State football game or you're at the house watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Cleveland Browns, chances are a buck's not going to walk in your front door, stand there, and say, go grab your bow and shoot me. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. But I'm going to go with probably chances are that won't happen.
1: And so, Clint, I mean, all right. So to compare kind of your strategy, you know, with, you know, setting what I'm going to call micro goals throughout the day. So your main goal is to kill a buck okay and it's the same way like say you're at work and you have a big project you're working on the end goal is to complete this project whatever that task might be but to get to there you have to complete a lot of smaller tasks to get to that point point. and it's the same way with when it comes to hunting the rut and yes it's a little bit different you're sitting in the same place or or maybe you're moving or whatever it is but you have to set those little those little goals, and and then it makes time go faster. So when you're looking, if you're looking, it's nine o'clock in the morning, and you're looking ahead to eleven o'clock, that makes it a hell of a lot easier to be like, oh, all right, hit eleven, you know, do that, than being like, holy cow, I got to sit till five thirty p.m. I have seven and a half more hours of just sitting here doing absolutely nothing. That will, yeah. that right there will make you stuck in the rut and you will struggle. And that's, that's, oh, absolutely that's, that I, I mean, I get what you're saying a hundred percent. And that's just a way of kind of comparing it to other, you know, aspects in life. And, and that's, it's what it is. You got, you have to figure it out to, to be able to do it. You know, I hear, you know, guys, and I I used to be one of those guys. I talked about it on the last podcast with my dad that I couldn't sit all day And it took something to learn and figure out little tricks and tactics to make it happen. So
0: no, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, and that's, you know, that's something that, um, you know, people don't understand that don't do it. Like the mental toughness that it takes to hang in a tree all day or to hang in a tree, um, multiple days in a row and, and try to kill, you know, uh, a deer with your bow in November. I mean, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, I'll be honest. I mean, a lot of it sucks. I mean, it really does. I mean, there's a lot of time that you sit there and aren't seeing anything and your mind's wandering. You're, you're basically wanting to do something else. You don't want to be there, but you know, you have to be there. And it, it, it really tests, a bow hunter during this month, like how bad do you really want it? Because it's the time of year where anything can happen. And if you're willing to put in the effort mentally and physically to be out there, your chances are a lot better than the guy who's only going to half heartedly half assed um, hunt November if you're the guy that's like, OK, every day I get a chance, whether it's two days a week or seven days a week to be out there, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to wholeheartedly put every ounce into it. I'm going to put the effort in. Honestly, chances are you're probably going to get your opportunity sooner or later. I mean, because you're putting yourself in a position to succeed. But there again, though, it, just like just like we talked about, like, you know, like, um, you know, I know your dad is, is an all day guy and a lot of guys – they just physically don't want to do it. They mentally don't want to do it. And I get that. I mean, like I said, it's, it's not easy. But at the same time, though, it happens one month a year. And the way I look at it is me sitting in a tree watching birds fly by and counting leaves, honestly, is better than me sitting at work wishing I was in the tree yeah and I mean that's kind of i mean that's like not saying I hate my job or anything, but like I mean when I'm not in a tree, I'm sitting there wishing I was in a tree, so like i'm when I'm there, I try to make the most of it, and the rut's a magical time I mean you're getting to watch the breeding phase of the white tailed deer happen i mean, and I think at times. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Like I think a lot of guys view the rut as their last chance. And I think this is a huge mistake. I think guys view the rut as, Oh my God, if I don't kill during the rut, that's it. My season's over, dude. The season's half over. It's not over. Like you literally have the rest of the season to hunt. So Don't sit there and just like basically wish that, oh my God, this has to happen right now or I'm not going to be able to get anything else accomplished. If I don't kill now, it's over with. Like, no, that's not it. Like, enjoy yourself. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, guess what? Most states, you've still got the rest of November, the end of November, December, January. If you live in Ohio like me, Your, your whitetail hunting starts the end of September and goes to the first Sunday in February. Like don't shoot yourself in the foot just because it's November 17th and you haven't killed a buck yet. The season's half over. I mean, personally, the older I get, the more I enjoy watching the leaves change, watching the bucks start to get swelled up being able to watch the harvest happen. I mean, I, everyone knows, you know, I grain farm with my dad. I I absolutely love taking crops off. I love seeing the corn and beans come off, like sit back and enjoy all that. If you don't kill a buck in November in the rut, it is not the end of the world. And I think those that view it like that, as like, that's their last chance that their last ditch effort, you get frustrated, you get upset, like, Hey, enjoy it. The rut happens once a year. It's a magical time of the year. It's the best time of the year to be in the woods because literally it is the time of year when anything could happen. I mean, you could have the biggest buck in your area walk by at any second. And that is what is cool about November is you literally you honestly truly don't know what's going to happen and that unknown for me and I know for you and your dad That's what keeps us in a tree is because you literally are on the edge of your seat, not knowing what's going to happen. And for me, that's what mentally like keeps me in the game. I guess you could say during November.
1: Yeah. And, and you did, you know, you and I talked off air a little bit about this, but another strategy that you have is, all right, say not having much action. You've been sitting better part of the day or you're seeing deer move down a different spot, getting out and moving just a few trees over, which is important about staying mobile, or just like moving a little bit, yep. getting down, doing, you know, yep, it, whatever it takes yep. to I, keep you in the woods.
0: <laughs> yep. I, I think, um, I think, I mean, everyone that follows me or you reads our stuff, um, listens to me on podcasts, everyone knows I'm a huge, um, proponent of, of mobile hunting. I do a lot of hang and bang setups. I do a lot of climbing setups. Um, I, I I use lock ons and proven spots during the rut that I know are going to be good year in and year out in the funnels. But realistically I move a lot. Um, I think guys need to understand that during the rut, if the wind shifts, you need to shift. Um, if if you're sitting on one ridge and you're watching deer 200 yards away cross a saddle all morning long, get your happy ass over there because for whatever reason, they're doing what they're doing for a reason. I mean, being mobile and being able to change on the fly in November, in my opinion, is not only is it is it mentally um, – A good thing, like for example, if you're if you're a guy that struggles to hunt all day, here's my philosophy for you. Here's how to stay in the woods all day. You have a morning spot, you hunt it, stay till 10, 1030. Your game plan then is you're gonna move to your evening spot. You're gonna get down, you're gonna take an hour, you're gonna move over to your other spot, you're gonna climb up, it's a new spot, your mind's fresh, you're fresh, it's a new area, you've got new hopes. New dreams, you're excited, boom. Literally, did you hunt all day in the same spot, dark till dark? No. You got down, you wasted an hour. But guess what? That's better than you going home or you leaving and you wasting four hours. You were literally not in a tree for one hour. So out of the 13 hours of daylight or 12 hours of daylight, you were hunting 11 out of those. The odds were in your favor. I mean, chances are, if a buck was going to walk by, you would have been there to capitalize. So I think playing those little games for guys that struggle hunting during the rut all day, because um, it's not for everybody. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. Most of my buddies back home, they won't do it. Absolutely, they will not hang in the same spot dark till dark. Won't do it. So in order to combat that, they'll get down. They might go get lunch. Two hours later, they're back in a tree. They hunted 10 out of 12 hours. Still, pretty good odds, and honestly mentally it 's good for them. It keeps them fresh, it gives them a little break it, it gives them a change of scenery sometimes they 'll leave they 'll go back to their truck, they eat lunch, and then if that stand was good, they might come right back if the wind's good. But I think being mobile and, and moving um, with the wind, if the wind switches or or just for your own mental mindset, moving because you just need a little change of scenery or you need just, or maybe you hunted till 11 and didn't see a deer and you're just starting to lose confidence in that spot. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to get down. I'm going to go to the other side of the farm. I'm going to see what's over there. I haven't hunted there in three days. Who knows what's over there? Who knows what's going on? Let's go over there and hunt. It's excitement. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a change. Mentally, you're refreshing because you don't know what's going to happen there. So now you're back in the game. And during November, I think the more you can mentally stay in the game, the more you're going to hunt, the more focused you're going to be. And honestly, the chances of you tagging out are going to go up because literally you're actually in the game. You're not just sitting there hating your life. And I mean, let's be honest, you and I have both been there. I mean, we know what that's like. It's rough. So if you can kind of detour yourself away from that, It's just going to make you day in and day out, enjoy the hunt more, enjoy the day more. And you're keeping yourself mentally and physically fresh. And I think that's honestly more important than any other aspect of hunting November is just being able to to mentally and physically stay in the woods.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's you're, you're, like you said, it comes down to being a mind game and you need to be able to, to keep yourself fresh. And I mean, like you said, you and I have both been in that situation way more than one time. Oh, yeah. Where you're just oh, mentally yeah. worn the fuck out. Like there's nothing oh, yeah. that you can do. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. 100%. I mean, to the point where you're literally at the point of no return because you're so exhausted that you don't even know like where else to go with it. I mean, you're, 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 you're mentally just at the point of like, I don't even know for sure why I'm here or what I'm doing or what's even happening right now, but I'm just going to go hang in this tree. That's rough. I mean, when, I guess, I guess the best way to put it would be when you lose your purpose of why you're there in the month of November, you're really setting yourself up for failure because not only have you lost the fun in it, but you're not going to last very long with that mindset and to tag out and kill in November. Your best bet is to be in the woods. I mean, that's, I can't tell you this field or that funnel or this spot is going to be on fire. But what I can tell you is your chances are way better off the couch and in the tree than it is sitting there watching the football game. I can guarantee you that.
1: <laughs> you know what? You should you should be a teacher or something because you're just spitting out straight facts. There's nothing. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't really know if anyone would want me to teach their child anything, but I'm... I'm flattered that you said that.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah you actually, um, yeah, I'm not going to completely retract that statement, but maybe a teacher wasn't the, the best uh, description for you there. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, <laughs> so,
0: what? So little, so little Johnny, what did you learn today at school? Well, Clint told me never to give up. Even if you have to almost kill yourself on a mule deer hunt, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Don't give up.
1: They'll all come back from school with tattoos with like inspirational quotes on them and stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or elk, or bears, or turkeys, or deer. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, who would get that on their arm? You know,
0: idiot, total (laughs) idiot. (laughs)
1: Speaking
0: of which, since I finally killed my mule deer, I can go get my mule deer tattoo now.
1: Oh, are you?
0: Oh, absolutely! Are you getting? Oh, God, are you getting yeah. it
1: like as the pitcher of your buck?
0: So I'm gonna get him like when I, when I shot him, he was bedded against those rocks with the four bu- the other four bucks around him. So I'm gonna get it tattooed like off my shoulder blade. So it's basically gonna like complete my sleeve on my left arm, but it's gonna be up and over like my shoulder of my left arm and my shoulder blade. And I'm gonna get it to where. So it looks like you're looking over my shoulder. So you're going to see like my cams, my string, and then my sight on my bow on the buck that I'm about to shoot around the rocks with all the other bucks around him. So it's going to look like you were looking over my shoulder basically Uh, right before. Yep. Yep. That's, that's how I'm going to get it done because like that's the last image in my head I have of, that buck in just that moment. And like, I, I really took like, that hunt was a lot more to me than just killing that buck. I mean, it was a, uh, it was more of like a, a mental quest of getting to that moment where I knew it was going to happen. Like that was the fun for me. Like everyone's always like, It had to feel so great to watch your arrow bury in that buck. And it did, don't get me wrong, it did. But the part that I chased and the part that I've like like replayed in my head ninety-two million times in the last four years is being on the stock and knowing that I was making all the right moves and that I was gonna get the opportunity. So once I finally got to that point, I honestly took a couple seconds and just like soaked it in. Like I remember sitting there on the mountain, 13,500 feet up my bucks <laughs> below me. And I, I remember like just kind of looking around for like a couple seconds and just being like, you've thought about this so much. Like right now, just take a few seconds and embrace it. Like you're here. Like you, you, you have finally got to the point to where it all comes down to you executing your shot. But like, this is what you have wanted to do for four years. Like you have finally got to this moment in your life and, and this stage. Like, don't rush it, just like, enjoy it. And it was like, really, it was almost like weird. Cause like I've envisioned that so many times. And then when I was finally in it, like, honestly, like right now, dude, like the hair stands on my arms, even just talking about it. Cause like I had thought about it so much. And then when I was in the moment, it was like such a weird deal, but it was so like, it was normal to me because I had thought about it and replayed it in my mind. Like I was so calm. It's honestly the steepest, hardest shot I've ever hey. made. Pro- but you- like I was so calm i'm not gonna get into all right i'm not gonna get into all right
1: it. all right
0: but I, but but i'm just saying like like it, it, it's yeah i don't know man like it, it's a uh, um yeah it was a it was a crazy moment in time dude i'm, I'm looking forward to doing that podcast with you because i know we're both gonna get into some really trippy dippy hippie shit whenever it comes to like <laughs> our our feelings and our emotions on like just getting to that point um, so not to stray off like the whitey rut stuff, but, I'm um, I'm definitely looking forward to doing that podcast, man. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But first we got to go kill some big freaking whiteys. You need to get your ass over here to Ohio, um, late season. And I'm going to, I'm going to freaking uh, get you on a, a good one over here and we're going to get him killed. And we're going to record this podcast about 15 bush lights in. And we're gonna slur all of our words, and we're gonna cry and hold each other, and it's gonna be like the greatest thing. And everyone's gonna be like, "I knew they were gay. I knew they were gay." But it's fine. It's okay. We're gonna embrace it, <laughs> bro. We're gonna embrace it together.
1: Okay, and, and then uh, we'll, we'll delete that one, and then we'll re-record it the next day. And yeah, right. Everyone knows that I'm not going to delete anything.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And even if you did do that, we're still, we're still going to hug.
1: Yeah. We're still going to hug. All right. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, All right, Clint. Well, I think, uh, I think we got to get focused on whitetails here. Get off, get off the the podcast. And I got some prep work to do. I'm heading off the grid here tomorrow. By the time this release, this part of the hunt will already have happened. Hopefully I have a buck down and hopefully you do too happy birthday that's coming up here so maybe you'll get a birthday buck
0: last year so my birthday's on the 6th i'll be 31 last year the day after my 30th i shot my second biggest buck to date so i mean it would be really cool if that would happen again um just saying if the man upstairs is listening i mean i'm not trying to like ask for a lot but if you could have like a 196 inch walk by that'd be cool. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, I like, mean, that would be cool. Wouldn't be a bad thing. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I'm being greedy and asking for a 200. I asked for a 196. Like, come on, dude, cut me a little slack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love recording
1: these with you. It's a, it's always a good time. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: for sure, man, pumped I to be pumped to be back on, man.
1: I guess before we get off here, let's, uh, how about you give, uh, the listeners here some places where they can find you and some more information on you if they really care to check out any more of your stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, Facebook, Clint Casper, Instagram, Casper, Clint, um, oh man, podcast wise. I mean, here with Bo, um, Eastman is elevated with my good buddy, Brian Barney, I do a lot of work, uh, blog wise and podcast wise with my, my homies, Kurt and Steve and everybody over there. And Eric, uh, Doug, all the guys over at working class bow hunter, um, East coast bow hunting podcast, D rock and all those guys, um, right full time for Peterson's bow hunting, which bows bows writing for them as well. So definitely give us some love, check us out there. Subscribe to the magazine. I have people all the time that are like, "Man, I'm going to go buy the magazine." Look, you're going to spend five, six bucks to buy one. Spend nineteen dollars, you get nine or ten issues a year. You get to literally read the chicken scratch that Bo and I throw out there. The misspelled words, no commas, but honestly, you'll you'll learn so much about how awesome we are. I don't understand why everyone doesn't get Peterson's (laughs) Bowhunt. I mean, literally, you've got Chris, you got you, you have the Christian Berg who's the main editor over there. I'm sure he's going to listen to this. Him and Timmy just came and stayed with me a couple weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, like you definitely Bo, need to come over sometime whenever those two come in and, and stay in town with me. I mean, we have so much fricking fun. Like, uh, we, <laughs> we literally laugh and freaking and just cut up on each other the entire time. It's, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's super fun. But, uh, yeah, no, for real, though. Peterson's bow hunting you guys definitely need to be checking that out. Get subscribed to that. So many good writers in there. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I try to stay as active as I can on social media, keeping everybody up to date on what I got going on and whatnot. Um, it is hunting and harvesting season, and I've been busy with the kids, so hang tight with me. I haven't posted as much as I have, probably should have been, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get caught up eventually. <laughs> bow does a little better j- Bo does a better job of that than me. Uh I need to I need to work on that a little bit, but hey, I also
1: don't first. have two kids, so
0: ah, this is, this is true. I mean, yeah, but but still though, I I need to not make excuses and just make it happen and, and you know, do it do a little better job of it, but someday someday I'll, I'll be as cool as as the Bo Martonic and and I'll be I'll be at your level or, or close to one of these days.
1: I don't know if that's a good goal for you, but um, I'd stick to white tails right now, and we'll and it, you can you can rethink that goal down the road.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, all all I know is that if it were me, I think your new Instagram handle should be the Elk Assassin. That's it. But no spaces, just all caps, all one like all one word. The no space, Elk no space. Elk assassin,
1: just just all all together. I'll uh, I'll consider that <laughs> and maybe change it here, <laughs> change it here pretty soon, and start giving everybody all the elk tips how to kill bulls every single year, right? Because I got all. I mean, cons- you know, you kill one, I mean, you know how to do it. So <laughs>
0: consistent. Consistency is key, Bo. Uh,
1: You're consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh Clint. All right, buddy. Well um let's sign off here and good luck to you again. We'll be uh we'll be talking here probably in the next couple months.
0: Absolutely. We'll probably either text or snap each other in the next five minutes. So yeah, that'll that'll uh yeah, it's not like I won't hear from you in a while. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wish. Well I'll be d I will mean, be i did not say that <laughs> live, did I?
0: Shit. <laughs> all all, all right, right, my man. Thanks again for having me on, dude. Always fun pumped to be on and we'll i promise everybody we will get the mule deer and the elk story out it's going to be a badass podcast i'm excited to give it to you guys um that'll definitely be coming down the pipe here sooner than later we promise we'll get that out to you
1: (laughs) sounds good all right see you clint